0: You are listening to the Thinking Big Podcast, episode number three, Eight Components of Persistence, and the shocking revelation that my wife was right. So back in 2013, I started having this reoccurring dream. You know, really more like a nightmare. I can't see anything. It's getting dark. It seems like I'm uh, running in the woods. And all I hear is flip, 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 flip. Now, two to three years before this dream started, you know, I wish you could have seen me. You know, I kind of let myself go a little. I was way overweight. You know, my idea of exercise was walking to the mailbox to get my mail, and even that got me winded. And I was blind to the fact that I had gained so much weight. You know, a few pounds here, a few pounds there, consistently over time, and I just didn't see it. I should have seen it. All the signs were there. You know, all my clothes kept getting tighter and tighter. I'd go buy bigger clothes, and they would eventually get tighter and tighter. Now, because my scale kept saying I was 235, my scale was broken, by the way, and all my clothes kept getting tighter, there was only one obvious reason. My wife was shrinking my clothes, right? What else could it be? You know, the scale wasn't changing, but my clothes kept getting smaller and smaller. You know, so logic says the dryer was shrinking them every time she washed them. And to this day, she still won't dry any of my clothes. You know, it wasn't until I got a required life insurance physical that I found out what my true weight was. You know, and the nurse came in the house, you know, with her little physical kit and her little scale. You know, we went through the entire process and she looked right at me and said I was 290 pounds and considered morbidly obese. Of course, I argued with her for five minutes about her inaccurate scale and told her I'd go get my scale. Needless to say, the nurse was right. Needless to say, My wife wasn't, in fact, shrinking all my clothes. Now, for those that know me, you know, others will start to understand if you listen to my podcast, I do stupid shit all the time. I just do stupid shit and I get an idea. I am all in. I go big and this new morbidly obese info did not sit well with me. Well, the inspired and pissed off me, you know, didn't want to set an easy goal like, oh, I don't know, run a marathon or something. So I set a goal to get back in shape and compete in Ironmans. Now, for those that don't know what an Ironman is, you start off with a 2.4 mile swim. You know, I thought, how hard can it be? You know, I mean, I swam in the pool when I was a kid. But I can clearly remember the first time I was back in the pool to train. You know, I had joined a master's swim class. And, you know, and, and after one lap, that's 25 yards, I could not breathe. It's like I finished running a sprint. You know, I thought I was going to die. You know, so anyways, you, you do a 2.4-mile uh, swim. Then you're off on a nice little 112-mile bike ride. And then you get to run a full 26.2-mile marathon. All without stopping back to back in the same day again I come up with stupid shit to do but just like anything in life doing an Ironman is a process you know it's about goal-setting goal achieving and more than anything it's about being persistent without persistence there is no success No matter what level of fitness you're at, you know, for most people, you don't just wake up one day and go out and do an Ironman or achieve any big goal in life. Big things take time. And honestly, most people can't seem to handle that. You know, we throw in the towel saying it's not possible for them at the first sign of a problem. And that's a tragedy. You know, in the space between you and your goals is the process. The long haul, the work, the shitstorms, the growth. You know, it's not easy, but nothing worth doing is easy. You know, no great achievement is handed to you on a silver platter. It takes grit. And persistence is the essence of that. You know, persistence is a key piece in the formula for success, because without it, all of your efforts will fall short. You know, success in big ideas is a numbers game and a law of averages doesn't work if you only try something once, right? You know, persistence is just, you know, it's not some elusive, you know, state of mind. It's the sum of many universal parts and therefore can be achieved by anybody. You know, Napoleon Hill says, the only break anyone can afford to rely upon is a self-made break. And those come through the application of persistence. Now, I don't know if you know who Napoleon Hill is. You know, he's one of the pioneers of the Personal development uh, movement. And if you know any of my stuff, I do a lot of work with his philosophies, you know, think and grow workshop and study groups. Uh, but in his book, Think and Grow Rich, he illustrates what it takes to be persistent. You know, speaking of uh, think and grow rich, the biggest min- misconception people have is they assume the book is only about money. And it's really not. You know, the philosophies can be used for anything. You know, the book should really be called. Think and grow successful in whatever the hell you want—happiness, uh, health, relationships. Uh, now, clearly, the book talks about money. You know that's something everybody understands. And he published *Think and Grow Rich* right after the Great Depression. You know, and that's where a lot of people were hurting at the time. But the five hundred of the most successful people in the world that Hill interviewed were not just successful in finances; they were successful in life. You know, as a matter of fact. I will put a link in the show notes for a free copy of Think and Grow Rich. And you can go download it and read it if you like. It's a fantastic must-read book. Uh, and in Think and Grow Rich, Hill breaks down persistence into eight components. Number one, it takes definite purpose to stay persistent. You know, a strong motive forces one to surmount many difficulties. You know, this is the first piece to, and, and arguably one of the most important when it comes to persistence, you, know, you have to have something worthy to persist for, right? Your why has to be bigger than your how. What is your purpose? You know, what is your dream? Is it crystal clear or is it hazy and undefined? The clearer your purpose, you know, the sharper your focus on what it is that you desire, the easier it will be to persist through any and all adversity. You know, it's easy to give up at 4 a.m. when you need to get in the pool and train. You know, it's easy to give up when you've just finished a, you know, a hard day at work and, and now you got to go run a 13 mile training run that night. You know, it's easy to give up when your whole body is hurting and you have, you know, 100 miles left on your training ride. You know, there's a great, great quote uh, in regards to this, and it says, He who has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. Everything starts with purpose. We need to have one. Number two, it takes a burning desire to stay persistent. You know, desire is the starting point of all achievement. Not hope, not a wish, but a keen burning desire which transcends everything. You know, we go after something because we want it. And desire is like jet fuel that anybody can exploit. You know, therefore, if you have a dream that you want to make real... Find a way to enhance your desire for it. Imagine it. Envision it every morning. Write it out in detail. You know, as a matter of fact, at the end of all my podcasts and training calls, I end with remember your future. And I'll explain that a little bit right now. If you have a memory of something in the past, you can sit there and, and memorize, uh, remember that, and you can remember what it smelled like. You can remember what it felt like. You you can remember the atmosphere, you can remember the feelings, you can remember everything about that memory. You got to have the same thing for your future. Your future dream, you have to have it like a memory. You know, what does it smell like when that happened? You know, what's going on? What did, you know, what's the vibration? What's the, what's the energy? What's, you know, where are you at? What does it look like? You have to have a memory of your future, you know, and act as if you already have it. You know, fill yourself with excitement for whatever it is you want, and then go for it. Number three, it takes self-reliance to stay persistent. You know, belief in one's ability to carry out a plan encourages one to follow the plan through with persistence. Number three, it takes self-reliance to stay persistent. You know, belief in one's ability to carry out a plan encourages one to follow the plan through with persistence. You know, being able to depend on yourself to get shit done is a powerful ingredient to success. You know, it is important to be able to ask for help, but at the end of the day, this is a you and you deal. You know, and you alone are the one building your future. Believing in yourself keeps you from being your own worst enemy. You know, Jim Rohn says uh, the understanding of self worth is the beginning of progress. Number four. It takes definite of plans, definite, definiteness of plan. There we go. Definiteness of plan to stay persistent. You know, organized plans, even though they may be weak and entirely impractical, encourage persistence. You know, signing up for the Ironman, knowing I had this huge endeavor with a deadline, you know, I felt the doubt set in. You know, I had that, holy shit, how will I get this done? You know the, uh, the solution is what I call chunking, you know breaking it down into small manageable parts. And before you can do that, you need to have a plan. You know what will you do? When will you do it? Uh, by when? And how? You know I had to gradually increase my training from you know, going from five hours a week, increasing to over twenty five hours a week for training. You know we would do super Saturdays leading uh, leading up to an Ironman where it was a you know thirty mile bike and then a five mile run and we do it four times. You know, ending with 120 miles on the bike and a 20 mile run for the training. You know, I had to start off running 5Ks, then 10Ks, then half marathons, then full marathons. Everything was planned out to the month, week, day. Everything was planned out. You know, having an organized plan is a catalyst for action. It takes much of the fear and doubt out of even enormous tasks. You know, knowing the objectives, And the steps that will take you there, it's like what the the six P's say, you know, proper planning prevents piss poor performance. You know, you've heard the saying a goal without a plan is just a wish. You know, it doesn't have to be a refined down to the smallest detail. Even a broad idea can help. So have a plan. Number five, it takes accurate knowledge to stay persistent. You know, guessing instead of knowing destroys persistence. You know, knowing what you were doing, that your plan is sound, works wonders for action. You know, I didn't just willy-nilly come up with a training plan for the Ironman. I paid someone who had done it, many times successfully, for their training plan. You know, this signals to your subconscious mind that you have a damn good chance of doing it. You know, if they can do it, so can you. Do the research because ignorance is not bliss. It's merely delayed misfortune. Number six, it takes cooperation to stay persistent. You know, surround yourself with people that force you to do better. You know, why is this? Because no matter what your goal is, it can't be in a vacuum. You need others to make it happen. You know, you have to have accountability partners. You know, I had run groups, cycling groups that I trained with. You know, they expected me at the workouts and they pushed me past my comfort zone and what I thought was my limits. You know, they would call my ass if I wasn't there. They would force me to do better. You know, one of the great lessons in life is life is a team sport. Number seven, it takes willpower to stay persistent. Willpower is the basis of perseverance. You know, if if I boiled down the meaning of willpower for me, it is the... It's the ability to give myself a command and do it. You know, telling myself, you're going to go get that done today and actually doing it. You know, you're going to go run eight miles today and you do it. You know, being able to concentrate all your power on whatever it is that you're going after is a powerful tool. You know, focus creates action. You know, and Tony Robbins says it best, you know, where focus goes, energy flows. And a strong will to do something creates focus. People don't do anything they can. What people do is everything they will. And willpower helps you grind out the dream even when the proverbial yogurt hits the fan. Finally, number eight, it takes habit to stay persistent. You know, persistence is the direct result of habit. The mind absorbs and becomes a part of the daily experiences upon which it feeds. Habits make us who we are. Success then depends on having the right habits. You know, take an inventory of your daily life. You know, identify your habits, determine whether they help or hinder you. Then go to work on creating the habits that create a life of decisive action. You know, there's another great quote of motivation might be what gets you started, but habit is what keeps you going. You know, keep in mind that habit succeeds even when willpower fails. Your habits will win every time. So, the day of my first Ironman finally comes. Ironman, Texas. You know, it's been two years getting in shape and and six months of training just for this day. You know, I'm scared, nervous, anxious. You know, it's very surreal. You're in uncharted territory for yourself. You know, you're way out of your comfort zone doing something you've never done before. You know, getting ready at the starting area. Uh, getting what they called marked, where they write your race number on each arm. I assume that if you start grounding, they know who you are. Uh, then they, for some reason, they mark your age on your calves. You know, the sun is just breaking. It's a mass of people starting in the water all at once. And I had another one of my bright ideas. I talked my friend into starting in the front. The front of everyone. Uh, so we're lined up in the water. We've got 3,000 people behind us. We're sitting there treading water for, you know, 50 minutes before the gun goes off. And there it goes. Boom. Let me tell you, it's not really a 2.4 mile swim. It's more like an MMA fight in the water. It's survival. It's getting kicked in the face, punched, swam over. You swimming over other people, it is brutal. You know, there's a reason why the fast swimmers start up front and a slower swimmer start in the back. Now, getting out of the water, feeling pretty good. Oh, and this is my first, where my first disappointment happened. My wife told me that she volunteered to be one of the strippers in transition area between the swim and the bike start. And I thought, well, that's one way to keep me motivated. It turns out she was a wetsuit stripper, helping strip off wetsuits uh, as we got out of the water. Very disappointing. You know, then comes the 112-mile uh, ride on the bike in the Houston heat. You know It's already 85 degrees uh, when we get on the bike. And I can tell you this, though. Out of the three, swimming, biking, and running, biking is by far my favorite. I'm feeling great. I'm out on the bike. And really, the best part is passing the young guys out there. Passing someone with 20s, 30s, even 40s written on their calves. Looking over at them struggle as I pass them and just casually say, what's up? How you feeling? As they see my age as I pass them, you know, when I'm in this zone, it's really not about winning. You know, I'm just not that good. It's more about taking something from them, crushing their dreams a little, making them mentally question their abilities and just toughen them up a little bit. Anyways, coming into transition, I jump off my bike, throw on my running shoes, try to down an energy bar and you know, 30 seconds, and then I'm off on the marathon. So I get out on the run, and about mile six, I have my second disappointment. There's my wife, still not stripping, with all of our friends having fun. But at least they were cheering me on. And shortly after this is when it all started happening. I hear this faint flip flap, flip-flip, flip-flip. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know what could possibly be making that sound. So I continue running. I make it around to mile 13. I'm starting to hurt. Temperature reading uh, are reaching the mid-90s. You know, there's not a cloud in the sky. People are dropping like flies. There's, you know, ambulance on the course. There's, you know, people are just falling over. And there it is again. Flip, 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 flip. And it's definitely getting louder now, but I still can't make out what the hell that sound is. And about mile 17, I'm, by this time, I am really hurting. You know, wondering if I'm going to make it. You know, starting to question, you know, my life's decisions. You know, have you ever watched a real old person run? (sighs) They're going through the run motions like they're in a sprint. But they're really going really slow, like walking. Yeah, that was me. Now, luckily, by this time, the sun was starting to go down as I make the backside of the loop. And there it is again. Flip, 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 flip. And it's definitely getting louder by now. You know, I make it to mile 23. I'm pretty sure I'm starting to hallucinate. You know, I'm starting to go through a part of the course that's, you know, kind of forested area, kind of in the woods. I'm pretty much by myself. You know, the field has really spread out by this time. That's code for most people have finished. And it's getting dark. And there it is. Flip, 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 flip. It is loud and right behind me. And right as I'm about to freak out, this little old gray-haired lady passes me. And I look down at her feet, and I noticed she was running in flip-flops. And that's when I noticed the 61 on her calf. I swear, if I could have caught her, I would have tripped her, I'm thinking there is no way I'm letting her beat me. But there she goes. Flip, 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 flip. She crushed my dreams that day. So putting this episode all together. Persistence doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's a process. An equation. The sum of its parts. Purpose breathes life into whatever task you embark upon. Desire becomes the fuel that ignites purpose into action. Self-belief makes you know that you can do it and it's possible for you. Clear plans make even the most challenging of goals more manageable. Accurate knowledge maximizes the effectiveness of your plans. Cooperation creates the miracle of doing something wonderful with the help of others. Will keeps you going even through the grind And habit keeps you going, even when your will fails. Whatever your dreams are, whatever makes your heart sing, whatever it is that you want to create in your life, do this one thing, no matter what. Persist. Thank you so much for listening. Again, tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, your dog, or anyone else that might be interested in growing and developing to follow and listen. Until the next episode, here's to you and always, Remember your future.